What's in a name? I studied the two young girls sitting in front of me. They were physically two different people, but behaviorally uncannily similar. They dressed the same, they moved the same way, they spoke in the same cadence, they held themselves identically. One was called Rinki and the other, name changed from Ritu, was now called Rinku. And in that innocuous last sentence lay the whole of the crazy story. Rinki was beside herself with rage. Everything I say and do, everything I am, everything I have or want to be, she copies. It started off being cool but now it's driving me crazy. Then she changed her name which was bad enough and now she's made a move on my boyfriend. She's no longer just copying me. She wants to be me. She wants my life. It's gone too far. It has to stop. You have to make her stop. Rinku was coolly composed through the tirade. She held my eyes serenely. They say imitation is the sincerest form of flattery. But it's not just empty flattery. I genuinely admired her. And she liked it to begin with. She thought it was funny, but she felt complimented. So she was kind and generous and smug. That last word dropped in the tense room like a dud bomb. Everyone was waiting for the explosion that never came. You must start the story at the beginning, I said. Who would like to start? They both started speaking together. And with a graceful and liquid movement, Rinki deferred to Rinku who mimicked the gesture exactly in tone as she accepted, equally gracefully. I was looking to share an apartment, started Rinku. I met Rinki on campus and she asked me to come to the apartment that evening and we could talk over the particulars and make a decision. I felt so underconfident in her presence. She was like a model in a glossy magazine. Perfect nails, hair, clothes... She spoke so beautifully and she looked so elegant. Obviously wealthy, though so am I. But she's a city girl and I'm from a village. She's had all her life to learn these genteel ways. I've never seen them outside a magazine. It was intimidating. She glided over that big word with ease, showing clearly how far she travelled from her village. The details were easily settled and I moved in the next day. And immediately, I knew there was a problem. My things, my very self, stuck out in that apartment like tacky glitter on an elegant white satin gown. She was helpful, but clearly amused by me and my ways. My English was raw and heavily accented. My habits were bumpkinish. My food preferences were traditional. I'd never eaten a salad in my life. My clothes were bright. Red, orange, neon pink, garish yellow. All flash, all screaming for attention. My flatmate was the absolute opposite. Soothing colours, whites, pastels, simple food, soups and salads. Perfectly groomed. Strange white tips on her nails which I later learned are called a French manicure. She spoke like the English TV presenters. 
She was so stylish. Her hair, her clothes, her bag, her shoes. I was totally awestruck. Rinky weighed in herself here. I don't know about the awestruck bit, but the bumpkin part is correct. She said things like elite instead of elite. And she ate butter masala and roti with her hands, leaving her fingers stained with the orange color, which was okay as long as she was using red or orange nail polish. But when she started using lighter shades like I did, the stains looked terrible. Watching her eat noodles with her hands made my stomach turn. Hearing that aloud must have made her aware of how vicious it was because she flushed and looked guilty as she unexpectedly caught a sight of herself from another angle. She is right, Rinku concurred. But I quickly realized what a heaven-sent opportunity I had. I desperately wanted to improve myself and here was a living model right in front of me. But first, I had to get a completely new wardrobe. Even my precious jeans had to go, they were the wrong type. Rinki was super helpful when I told her I wanted to improve my dress sense. She took me shopping and taught me how to buy staples that I could mix and match, to have some stunners for special occasions, complete change of footwear. I had to relearn how to walk in them, no rushing around like I was trying to catch a bus. She smiled as she said that and I got a small smile crossing Rinki's face. She obviously remembered that too. I worked hard at correcting my pronunciation and my outward behavior. I changed my diet and the acne slowly stopped. She taught me how to use cleanser and toner and eventually my skin cleared up and stopped looking mottled and muddy. She took me to a hairdresser and I got a trendier haircut. Changing my appearance was tough enough, but still, it was the easiest part. Changing my thinking and reactions were far more difficult. Changing how others saw me, that was the toughest. I discovered that as my demeanor changed, people I met for the first time accepted me for what I was becoming. But people I'd met in my Ritu from the village mode still treated me the same. That's why I changed my name. Rinki was immediately livid. The name change was evidently a major issue for her. That's all very well, but why choose Rinku? There are a million other names out there. Why choose a perversion of mine? It's not a perversion, Rinki. It's a version, a salute. I thought you'll not be with me my whole life. But this name will, reminding me forever whom I ought to thank for the improvement in me. I'm beginning to wonder how wise a decision that was. She ended ruefully. Rinki was clearly poleaxed. She fumbled for the words which came hesitantly. It, it, it didn't feel like that. It felt like an invasion, a takeover. Rinku sat mutely, looking at her hands resting in her lap. It was a sign of great maturity that she didn't ram her advantage home. I did notice that Rinki's attitude to me was changing. First, she had been slightly mocking and superior, but that was natural because I was loud and flashy and graceless. Rinki flushed. Then she was helpful and painstakingly mentoring. 
she really got into the whole makeover thing. She put in a lot of effort with me. There's no denying it. And then, over the top of the mountain and down the other side, she became angry and hostile and suspicious. I didn't know what I had done wrong. Her words hung unsupported in the room. The visit to me had been initiated by Rinki. She had approached me singly and I had told her this would have to be sorted out together. Rinku had certainly rested an early advantage with her story. But was she telling the whole story? And whose story was it anyway? The words fluttered and flew in the wind with no one catching and claiming them. I waited. Someone had to speak. It was no use my doing the talking. Rinki finally weighed in with the other side. It was admittedly great to begin with. It was like living in the world of my fair lady. She's a quick learner and more determined than anybody I know. She never made the same mistake twice. I heard her repeating lists of words in her room, carefully correcting her pronunciation. And she practiced movements and gestures in front of the mirror. She corrected the way she sit, she stood, she walked. That's not easy. I was delighted to see her flower under my efforts. And hers, of course, she quickly added, though clearly as an afterthought. Yet the pride in her protégé was evident. Rinku was struggling to conceal her pleasure at this generous praise. It was like watching someone clawing their way up a mountain, which was wonderful, till I realized I was the mountain. Then it was no longer impressive. It was infuriating. It felt like an identity theft. Rinku's brow was suddenly furrowed. Her eyes became clouded. This was obviously a point of view she had not considered. The name change was a massive blow. I'd defended her so many times in front of the whole mocking lot. Rinku's head snapped up in shock. Of course, what do you think? They laughed at you and me. But I always said staunchly that there was nothing wrong in wanting to improve oneself. There were many uncharitable remarks of neither fish nor fowl. They just made me redouble my efforts. They could mock as much as they liked, but I knew I had the best pupil ever. There was no effort that she withheld from the cause. She trailed off, nodding, lost in her memories. Ringu picked up the loose thread. Then, I must thank you again, Rinki, she said formally but very sincerely. I didn't know that you caught hell too. I've told you many, many times how kind and generous I thought you were to me. But it was brave too. I never saw that. It's not pleasant to be outside the charmed circle. I should know. Suddenly, the two girls were on the same page. I hadn't yet said or done anything. They had got there themselves. I could clearly see the errors on both sides, but also the underlying affection for each other that had gone horribly wrong. But the bitterness remained. The name change was unpardonable enough. It stunned me. Under the guise of improving herself, she was sucking the blood from me, stealing my speech and my behavior, my name and my identity. 
and finally even making sheep's eyes at my boyfriend. That was completely beyond the pale. I finally accepted what everyone was saying, that I had let myself be conned because I was foolishly flattered that she wanted to be like me. But she was really just a vampire. Rinku lifted her face deliberately and caught my eyes as the ugly word was uttered. Vampire. She'd evidently heard it before. And it burned her. Her eyes glowed maliciously and I recognized that the name calling was the cause of the switch for her. This was what had brought out the nasty in Rinku as the name change had in Rinki. That was unpardonable, she burst out. I respected her and admired her and I didn't know why she had turned sour on me. I was hurt but I accepted it. When she called me a vampire, I didn't even know what it meant. I thought it was something like the vamp in a movie, a female villain. So I looked it up in the dictionary as she had taught me to. It meant a demon bloodsucker? I was so shocked. I couldn't understand how she could call me that. But I became determined to hit back. It was more than I could bear. She had no right to call me terrible names like that. And so I decided to steal Mohan from her to teach her a lesson. Rinki's a prude. I knew that well. No kissing and certainly no anything else. Rinku was blushing ferociously even to say something as innocuous as that. Just the suggestion that he might go bases with me that he could never go with her was enough to get him in the palm of my hand. I hinted openly that everything she was, I was too. Everyone knew that. In fact, anything she could do, I could do better. Rinki almost spat with rage. Rinku had the grace to look ashamed. If he's that easy, he's not worth my time, Rinki muttered venomously. Rinku vehemently agreed. That is absolutely true. He was a complete pushover. He made me feel dirty and ashamed of myself. It's no doubt she's been mean to me, even nasty, but I'm certainly not interested in that greedy little grabber. And he's never going to get anything from me, no matter what I hinted. Rinku's hot eyes drifted hesitantly from mine to her flatmates. They locked, briefly, then both looked away. Both looked ashamed. The pigeons were now coming home to roost. They'd both been in the right, and they'd both been in the wrong. And now they could see that plainly. Neither one thought herself blameless anymore. I remained silent. They were doing excellently on their own. Rinki took the first big step. I guess I let myself be influenced by others and didn't trust her. I can see now how easily I was led or misled. Foolish of me, she whispered almost under her breath. After a longish pause, she looked Rinku straight in the eye and said, I think I owe you an apology. I'm still struggling to let go of my anger, but that's not your fault. I'll work on it. But it's clear to me that I've been at fault as well. And I'm sorry about all that ugliness. I saw plainly why she had charmed Rinku so easily. She wasn't just a pretty face. She had a kind heart and courage 
and those suddenly shone through as she determinedly set aside her rage and hurt. Rinku almost reached across to her but stopped herself in time. That would have been a step too far. Oh god, I'm really sorry to Rinki. I never realized till now how it could have felt like an identity theft. I should have asked you what the problem was instead of deciding I was hot enough to take you on. I hate being hated by you. They both grinned at that, and the healing process had clearly started. Perhaps they could go back to being best buddies or perhaps they couldn't, but they weren't enemies anymore, and that had to be a good thing. I've been a counselor a long time. But even I was surprised at how easily that issue got resolved. As you can see, I can't take any credit for it. The two girls proved to be the real heroes. It's a case I always remember fondly and an outcome I cherish dearly. <laughs>